Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erica, and we have a special episode today with special guest, Kristen Rayworth, political commentator out of Alberta. And we're going to talk about Jason Kenney and the UCP and what the hell happened, the backstory, the story now, where they should go, how they screwed up, all of that stuff. Um, And basically, I think part of this is going to be about debunking a lot of myths about a lot of things, especially Alberta. Um, So, Kristen, welcome. Thank you for having me. So um, you actually worked in the party. I did. I did. Before I worked for the party um, before they merged, and then I was involved in a volunteer capacity after they merged. So I've been in, yeah, so I've been involved in the in the conservative movement uh, in Alberta since uh, pretty much since I was like 14 years old. So I'm not going to give a date because I don't want your uh, listeners to know of my age, but it's been a while mm-hmm. and uh, since Klein, pretty much I've been involved. In wow. And uh, so I've been around conservative politics for a very long time in this province. Uh, wow. Since Klein, since the 90s. Yeah, my grandfather actually was, uh, he was, he worked for Lougheed and he was yeah. heavily involved in the conservative movement and did not like Ralph Klein and was yeah. very in um, the Friends of, Me- of Medicare and trying to uh, encourage the Klein government uh, to move away from privatization of healthcare in the province. And that's what got me involved when I was about 14. I think I went to my first protest with my grandfather when I was about 14. That's dope. Yeah. For for public health care. I love it. Yeah. So I yeah. This is just the straight up the very first thing that we can um challenge in terms of people's perspectives on conservatives is that your typical progressive conservative in Alberta does not want to privatize healthcare. They mm-hmm. understand the, the necessity to approach healthcare potentially with a balance. But there, we are not a province of people who are like, we don't care about public health care. We don't care about this. Like people in this province, really, it doesn't matter how you vote. That matters to them. And that is an important issue in Alberta. Got it. Um, so as so you've been through, I want to go back to about 2018. Um, so in 2018, was it was it Allison Redford, right? I believe. Because it was Jim Prentice, then Allison. No, it was Allison first. So actually, if you're going to go back to the root of where all of this started, it started when uh, Ed Stelmack became premier of Alberta in 20, 2007. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I remember Ed Stelmack. So um, when, so when Ed Stelmack became premier, he became premier over uh, who was the big favorite at the time, Jim Denning, who was the former finance minister in Alberta. Oh my gosh, you're bringing back memories because I, I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. and that that was the beginning of the, the the issues within the conservative movement in Alberta because a lot of people, I love Ed Stelmack and I still believe that Ed Stelmack's one of the best premiers we've ever had and I don't think he gets his due. 
but a lot of people did not feel that way. And the more socially conservative people within the party did not feel that way. They didn't like that he was the first premier to actually start questioning the royalty review. He did royalty review. He questioned the royalties that oil and gas were paying and whether or not that was enough. He increased the royalties to the province. And I remember that big controversy. And that was one of the beginnings. Yeah, I remember that big controversy. Yeah, I remember that big controversy with with Ed Stelmack um, and and it was and Alberta wasn't getting that much from royalties. Alberta was getting royally screwed and all of the big like big business people are like, oh, well, all these business people are like, oh, well, we'll lose we'll lose the investment. How? Yeah, you're you're sitting at one hundred and twenty five dollars a barrel. Where are they going to go? That was our last boom until now was, yeah. was that period. And still Max just said you should be paying more like you shouldn't be paying what you were paying when you were making less money. And it was a reasonable <laughs> approach. And that it was, was actually- flexible. Yeah. And that's actually I worked at Stelmac government. So that's when I was a staffer with the party was when Stelmac was premier. Good, good premier to be a staffer for. I think so. Yeah. And- and then it was Allison, and then it was right uh, Jim. Right. Yeah. I always get Jim and Allison messed up. Okay, so Ed spends what one term, I believe. Not a full, not a, he. He won a massive majority uh-huh. after leader, and then he did not serve out his full term uh, because basically he got knifed by the party, and it was again this, and that was like the creation of the Wild Rose. This oh. was around. Uh, it was Paul Hinman at the time and then became uh, Danielle, uh, I think, after Stelmack left. And then, of course, there was the leadership for Stelmack. And, and right after that, everybody wanted it to be Gary Marr, who was another former Klein cabinet minister. And out of nowhere came Alison Redford. And she had almost no caucus support, no cabinet support. And she won. And she won in part because she brought a lot of moderates into the party and promised a bunch of things that then she didn't actually deliver on, but she promised on a, a bunch of very moderate policies and she won. And that created even more of a division in the party. And then we had Danielle Smith and Alison Redford battling each other. It was actually kind of neat in a way because we had two very strong female leaders at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Allison kind of gave in to every single negative stereotype you can possibly think of of conservative governments going back to the Mulroney stuff mm-hmm. she he'd spent thousands of dollars to fly uh to Nelson Mandela's funeral on the public dime instead of taking uh what was a cheaper option she spent I think it was about I'm, I'm probably gonna get this wrong but I think it was about 10 grand mm-hmm. uh public money then she, it was revealed she would fly her daughter on a private jet she was building herself an apartment building without telling anybody that's what really did her in, eh? It was yeah. that apartment building. Yeah, the Sky Palace. Which yes! Did, actually did Kenny in as well. So, I mean, it's yes, really... because he was at that Sky Palace when that when that photo of him unmasked with his with his cabinet, pe- cabinet of dude bros, okay? And that was where... Uh, don't you just love the poetry of that? Just the, the consistency and because that's actually because they're doing um they're doing a bunch of renovations in the legislature so kenny's actually working out at the sky palace now i don't oh. know if he's still 
he was at the time. And that's part of the reason he's, he's living and working out of the Sky Palace. So he's doing exactly what Redford did. But, you know, he's a dude. So yeah. you don't, you get a lot more chances when you're a male leader than you do when you're a female leader. Indeed. As we've seen with Rachel Notley too, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So now we're at the Alice and Redford time. Where is Wild Rose? When did Wild Rose actually form? Was it during Stelmac or during Redford? It began under Stelmac and mm-hmm. then you start to see um, members cross. Uh, so I, I might be getting my timing wrong, but Heather Forsyth and Rob Anderson were the first two active PC uh, ministers to cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather, children's services minister, and I can't remember what Rob did. Um, there was actually like a sign outside of Airdrie where Rob Anderson was the MLA that said, um, our floors can last as much floor crossing as Rob Anderson. <laughs> I love Alberta for that. <laughs> and, and then it really took off when Danielle Smith became the leader because you all of a sudden, because Danielle Smith is a libertarian. I mean, okay. I also want to be clear for your listeners. And yeah. Everybody else. Yeah. I was just going to ask you like, like wild rose. Actually, define Maverick, Wild Rose, and, well, the PCs we know. Well, and I think, see, this is, this is the, the, the distinction I was going to make, is we're talking about Danielle Smith circa 2013, 2014 Danielle Smith, mm-hmm. not current-day COVID conspiracy nut bar. Like, she's gone a little off the deep end. She was not like that in 2014. Indeed, so she was part- not. Yeah, so she's a libertarian. That was the appeal of her to a lot of folks is that she was right wing. She believed in kind of just like, you know, government kind of stepping off, same, like not upping royalties. That was what had initially created the Wild Rose, but she was also socially moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was what was the appeal of that party to a lot of people is that they felt there was more grassroots than the PCs at the time. The Maverick Party, I don't even know, like, what they, I don't even know what their point is, to be honest with you in Alberta at the moment, because like you have them, you have a bunch of other independent little right-wing parties in Alberta right now, all of whom seem to be created around two things. They hated COVID restrictions and they really hate Justin Trudeau, but that's not like a personality. So I'm not sure what their value add is beyond that they want Alberta to be much more independent and have more of a Quebec model relationship with the government mm-hmm. than we do. Yeah. I also want to say that the Maverick party has been accused of being racist. Um, yeah. One of their leaders was, was one of the Ottawa convoy people. Correct? Tamara Lich. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is why I brought them up. So that's the connection, everybody. Okay. So Daniel Smith, Danielle Smith, I, I also want to note at how many women yes. are in like high up in Alberta politics, um, leadership, second to and so on and so forth, which is what we do not see in Ontario. I want to say that. I'm yes. not really feel Ontario's really irritating me right now. Like Alberta does not get a lot of credit for um, the fact that we were actually the first province to have a female finance minister yes we had the longest we had the we elected the first indigenous woman to provincial politics the longest serving mla in history in canadian canadian history pro callahasen who was an mla for i believe about 16 years 
like we first indigenous man in cabinet in Alberta, like first we, we did a lot of things that we don't get credit for because people always like to think of us as this sort of like backwards cousin province, which is not the case. No, it's not. A lot of innovation happens in, in Alberta. And there are a lot of outspoken women in Alberta. And me as an outspoken woman, are you surprised that I come from Alberta? Not at all. As soon as I learned that, it made sense completely. <laughs> you take up a lot of space. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Just unapologetically, you take up a lot of space. Yeah, right? And I take up a lot of space because I was never given the impression that I couldn't. Right. I, I was raised in a very hyper political family by my my mother is my mother and my father were both like brilliant very very opinionated people who raised me and my siblings to be exactly the same way and it was and so this is another misconception of Alberta that like little ladies just got to be quiet that's never been my experience and obviously I can't speak for anyone outside of my specific experience but I was never ever made to feel that I couldn't say what I thought. And so I was, I was always, I was made to feel that way in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. In Ontario. And it took me a while to figure that out because how many times have I told, have I been told I'm too loud? I'm too opinionated. Okay. Because God forbid a woman should be opinionated. Apparently we're like children. We should be seen and not heard. And there, that is heavy in, in Ottawa, especially that still reigns. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, see, I'm from Alberta. I don't get this shit. And I refuse to get this shit. I guess anyway. it's good. Six months old, they moved me out of Ottawa, my parents. So. Yes, yes, yes. My parents moved me out of Ontario at eight years old. And they're like, that's, that's enough. Alberta, the place where you can vocalize your opinions as much as you want. I know. I know. Exactly. Um, so now we're in Allison Redford, who just got kicked out. Uh, did she get kicked out? She got kicked out, right? So she resigned. And I mean, she, oh, was, she was asked to resign. Yeah. Basically. And then um, at that point, there was an interim uh, premier, Dave Hancock, who's one of like, the nicest human beings you will ever meet in your entire life which is why he was just interim interim I was just about to say and then and then Jim Prentice and mm-hmm. uh, we have learned these and this is meant in no disrespect to Jim Prentice who passed away a few years ago and who I personally liked but the Ottawa savior model clearly I think we've tried it twice now it's not it doesn't work in Alberta mm-hmm. if you want to hear more subscribe to Bad and Bitchy at badandbitchy.com. My bitch is bad and bullshit.